0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
3: Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpal Cyclib. tests, diarrhea, hair thinning, or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite.
4: What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the place Place where the the streets streets and 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 politics meet. Well, today we are going to be talking about the State of the Union address. And, you know, we have two guests that's coming on, so we don't get to do all of our usual chit-chatting, even though I was going to give you a little bit of my thoughts on some of the things you say on social media. But, you know, I'll give you that next week. But for this week, because our guests are already here, I think we got to <laughs> we gotta bring
1: them on. You going chastise me about so I,
4: I wasn't going to chastise you. I was just going to bring up something that I thought. But anyway, we're going to have our guests to come on and let's talk about the state of the union. We watched it yesterday and I figured that it would be best to uh, have some other folks come and give us a balanced approach to our opinions of what uh, President Biden said. Um uh, you know, I thought oh, you know, overall there were some good things in the speech, but there's still a fundamental issue with policing and you know, I'm pretty sure all of us agree on that. So let's bring the guests in and get this show started.
0: Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of Black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound feet of torque. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
5: I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is
0: Uncanny USA.
2: He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects in old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news.
3: tests diarrhea hair thinning or loss vomiting rash and loss of appetite That's how we own
4: it. so friends you know we we all how many of us have them friends we have many our street politicians family uh these two individuals though these are our, like friend friend friends these right?
1: are brothers these,
4: <laughs> our, like, <laughs> these, these are our brothers we 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 talk and debate and um, you know and, and deal with issues all the time and I thought after watching as I just said you know after watching the State of the Union last evening that you know it helps to have other people so we can talk about different perspectives you know and there's there there's you know I, I can't sit here and say. That I thought the whole thing was just awful. No, I can't say that. You know, I thought there was some really, really good points. But as we just said, there's some fundamental issues still that need to be addressed. And I'm not sure how we get there. So I figured these two know how we get there. So let's let's just introduce them real quick. And again, I mean, most people who know us, if you've been following us, you know them. But Reverend Stephen Green, he is really, he doesn't probably want to admit that he's one of my mentees, but he kind of is kind of me and Linda, Uh, he's the pastor of St. Luke uh, AME Church in Harlem, okay, in Harlem, and also the founder of Faith for Black Lives, which is a major partner of Until Freedom. Uh, We do a lot of work together, so thank you for being on here, our good friend. It's a running joke that most of our guests are our friends. People might not like that, but we got a lot of friends doing a lot of incredible things. And our other friend and brother, who we just traveled with to Tyree Nichols' service. Um, funeral service. I hate to even say that and just have been you know, spending a lot of time with lately is a former assembly member from New York State, Michael Blake. Uh, but he is so much more than that. He just got a letter from President Obama appreci- celebrating- their win, the first caucus was in Iowa. Before that, people did not think a black man named Obama could win and become president. And because Blake went to Iowa to live with folks, I always say he's a white people whisperer, because he went to Iowa to live among the white people. And somehow or another, Obama uh, won that, uh, President Obama won that caucus, which started him on the trajectory to becoming the first black president. Uh, of the United States. And now Blake is uh, CEO of Atlas Strategy Group, which has been strategizing my life. Lord, help us all. So (laughs) thank you for being on, Michael Blake and Reverend Stephen Green.
2: Hey, hey, good to see you. What up, though? though? What's good?
1: So my brothers, you know how much I love you. all And I know I know y'all got some definitely have some thoughts. I want you all to both give me what was your overall opinion of the state of the union?
5: Starting so with you, Steve. Sure, I um, I, I like you, you all. I watched the State of the Union, and I was, you know, every year I am uh, just drawn into the pageantry of the American Empire's sort of like routine of having the president once a year to deliver a State of the Union address to the um, uh, Congress, and uh, President Biden walked in. You know, strong like he had ate, eaten his Wheaties. Like Camp David was good to him this past weekend, and he delivered. I think for about an hour and a half, a very powerful address, sort of uh, acknowledging where this nation has has come over this past year, recognizing that you know how we have uh, you know moving past the November election and really charting a pathway forward. Um, I was, I was, I was excited to hear. Um, how he articulated a vision of of ideas that we would have probably never heard talked about from the President of the United States of America as it relates to. Uh, expanding education to pre-K to early to two years of of community college and like having that funded. Talking about insulin being at thirty-five dollars uh, of being capped at thirty-five dollars. Talking about how we're going to rebuild this nation as it relates to infrastructure. So all these things, which which are to his credit as as a as a negotiator in chief, if you will, and someone who has served thirty years in the Senate, someone who's been in Washington for decades and eons, he knows how to maneuver Washington, even to the point where when he was being heckled and being chastised by the GOP for talking about not cutting Medicare or Social Security, he backed them into a corner and told them, so, okay, bet. Well, then you, you I know you all are not going to do that then. So, you know, I, I thought he was masterful. He was skillful uh, in his approach, his methodology and starting with the economy and then moving to uh, the social issues, if you will, uh, was his strategy. But I think that's always been their strategy as it relates to like starting with the economy and working their way through society. But I would have started with social issues because I think what's most important right now is the fact that this nation is so socially divided that we find ourselves in this sort of chasm. And so I would have started with Tyree Nichols. The fact that he made Tyree Nichols' mother and father sit through an hour and a half of him going back and forth with Republicans until he decided to talk about that every Black child should be able to return home like his children and the talk, I think it was, should have been at the forefront of his conversation because that would have signaled to the nation how important it was. Although, I'm grateful he he brought it into the conversation. I'm glad it was there. But I was waiting until I was looking at the clock like, okay, so when is he going to talk about the reason why we're here? You know, the reason why this nation is still grappling with this uh, original sin of racism and how we move beyond that. So overall, I give him a great grade for effort. I give him and his administration a, a a high regard for what they have done. The most significant legislation has been passed in Congress. He's done more in two years than some people have done in two terms. So I, I do want to give him credit for that, but also recognizing that there are some gaps and there are some holes that I hope that we will be able to get begin to hold him accountable and hold others accountable as well.
2: First I just want to show honor and and give y'all the roles y'all deserve. So to Tamika and mice for creating the space for us to have a space. So let's just start there. Uh, And obviously, anytime I'm around Reverend Green, your heart feels good because he's doing the work uh, and showing that ministry goes beyond just what happens on a Sunday. Uh, You know, I I, look, I I want to give quick context. Like, I I was a part of a team uh, that had two State of the Unions when we were President Obama. And then of course, you know, we had the the joint speech because the first time a president does the address, it's not a State of the Union in that manner. And I've said this a lot over the last few months, I think it is hard to argue a president that has been more effective in their first two years than Joe Biden, arguably than any president in the history of this country. I think you could really make that argument. When you look at what he's done in the face of blatant racism, foolishness, obstructionism at every level. All the things that he said, he's like, I'm going to knock this out. And he did. Then when you look at the speech to your question, Mines, I can't remember a president ever talking about the talk in a state of the And it would have been easy for us to have that under President Obama. But when you have, let's call it this, an older white man getting up there saying like, let's, this is what's going down in these communities. It sends a message. And to say, not only do we got to go further in the George Floyd Policing Act, but how do you have as Sheila Jackson Lee is now talking about the amendment around how do you protect and provide the actual care that someone needs, but holding people accountable. But I I think, look, and and all of us do a lot of speeches here uh, itself, the mastery of negotiating and calling out foolishness in real time can't be ignored. A sitting president fact-checked opposition about social security and medicare in real time on the most important speech you give in in politics this is effectively your super bowl right it's an hour where the country is watching you call them to the carpet and now you got the video there and i always think it's important for fact checks when you have cats like senator mike lee who was like shaking his head and saying no this is ridiculous you again check the tapes These are the same cats that were going back to 2010, literally saying we need to get rid of Social Security. We need to get rid of all these things in this dynamic. So I think factually, it was an incredible speech. I think that there was obviously there's always room for growth. You know, I I think we got to start leaning in to how do you put more pressure on the cities and states to start implementing parts of the George Floyd Policing Act. as we're waiting for Congress, Uh, I think we've got to lean in more around how do you go further in closing the racial wealth gap? and being real practical about that. Now, yes, unemployment is at historic rates, but we still got black folks that are hurting, right? Uh, And and how do we lean in there? And I think the third piece is, how do we start giving guidance and education about what's coming around education? Uh, And and that was an area where I didn't think there was enough that occurred. June for the Supreme Court could be one of the darkest months in the history of this country, because I think a lot of people are anticipating affirmative action and student loans are gonna go down. And I thought there was an opportunity for the president to really lean in about how he wants to see not just Congress but his administration go go all in. So I think tying it all together, Tamika and Mice, uh, it was an incredible speech. But I think more important to me was the mastery of the moment, right? You know, Steve and I do we preach a lot, right? And an a, a exceptional preacher can read the room, and a sitting president who people will say is too old, not agile, can't flex literally was able to fact check his opponents in real time.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, before I go, I want—I just want to say one more thing. First of all, I will say that th- this was probably one of the strongest speeches that I've seen Biden, I've, uh, that I've seen him in his his presidency and just, just speaking, you know what I'm saying? Um, but what I want to know is there are so many of our people who are jaded, right? They thought oh, it's another speech. Somebody cares about that. Damn, he owe everybody talking. What do you think is gonna to take to reinvigorate just the common folks in our community, especially our young folks who just don't believe anything that comes out of anybody's mouth, especially because there's this, there's this real strategy to discredit just the Democratic Party overall. you know. And a lot of people point at Joe Biden's past and they point at all these things. What do you think is gonna to take to reinvigorate our youth and, and our people to really have faith in this being more than just words,
2: practical sure. wins on the block that get messaged better. Right. And I was right. going to take that step back. I'll just say this piece and then go to Steve. Right. Like the state of the un- the framing and just even the name of it is him laying out. How are we doing as a country? Period. Like, that's really the frame of it. But I think in terms of the success of this, we just got to get better of, of making it plain. Here's what's ha- Here are wins that happen to you and for you on the block and being very direct around messaging around that. And we equally have to call out what this person is doing that is hurting you right now. Not some theoretical taxes down the line, X percentages. This person is hurting you right now, period, point blank. This is why you got to vote them out and or this person is helping you right now. This is why we got to protect them. But obviously, Reverend Green has more.
5: No, I want to echo that same sentiment. I mean, it's taking what happens in Washington and putting it in Washington Heights. Right. It's just like taking the message as it relates to the child tax credit and say, you remember when you had that three hundred dollars per child. Right. And that is no longer. And when people felt that you know, in their bank accounts, when they felt that that of that policy in, in, their, in their own local experiences and their own personal experience, I think we see an effect in bringing the message. And I think that's what this administration has to focus on for the next two years, especially with a divided Congress, is getting out of Washington, like taking it to the streets, engaging in conversations. They should be holding community town halls and in, in, in states that they know that are in play in 2024, and talking about the Supreme Court, not only will it be around affirmative action and around uh, student loans, but also as it relates to the state legislators being able to uh, decide around uh, the the um, uh, electoral college or or around um, you know as it relates to determining the votes for 2024 as a presidential election. So, like the democracy piece, he mentioned a little bit about that as it relates to towards his end of his message as it relates to January 6. Did not talk about how the fact that we have that mayor. Garland who's sitting right in front of him has failed to hold those who are responsible for organizing the attack on our democracy accountable and I think that is where like there needs to be some emphasis like we're gonna have to apply some people pressure to the places where that the president, you know, gave grace in ways that we as, as citizens of this country cannot afford to give grace because of the reality of what is still taking place, the current insurrection that is still taking place with Marjorie Taylor Greene, back the George Santos of New York. It was in the middle of the aisle shaking hands with people and has ethics investigations occurring right now. Like we got our democracy is that state. And but for black folks, democracy has been a a translucent word has been it's, it's been trying we've been trying to figure out for 400 years what that word democracy really means right like mm-hmm. what does it mean i guess i'll say for the last 250 years because american democracy started around 1776 one would allege but one would even suggest it started 1863 you know what i mean <laughs> or 1865 so we're still trying to figure out what in the
4: hell democracy means you know yeah and some would, would suggest that some <laughs> would just some would suggest that we've never realized democracy, um, and that there's still a very, very long way to go. Let me be the one to push us here, right? And, you know, and and again, I I just, I want to be clear, because one of the challenges that some people have with me is that they want me to be just like super radical, just throw the baby out with the bathwater. It was terrible. He's horrible. Every Tyree Nichols just happened. And so therefore, damn everything they say. Right. And some days I wake up like that and I have to call certain people like you, Blake, and others. Sometimes Stephen don't help me. He gets we we be together, we be together. saying to hell with everything, you know. Um, And but, you know, we, we've been able to I've matured in my understanding of what pol- not even just politics of what um a president has to negotiate. Right. It is a big job. Right. And when you're in certain spaces and certain rooms and this is the thing that i found out not not so much that i found out but that i came to understand better recently how we are always at we are always at state wait we are always in danger excuse me of losing local seats when there are different things happening federally that impact congressional members and others. So for instance, the president starts talking about George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, and then you have local senator or local congressional member who lives in some town that starts having issues because if if you support that, then you're not with your police department, your fire department, your unions, your whatever, and it starts to create issues. So you're trying to constantly negotiate as the president all of these different things. Most people don't know, nor do they care. What they want to see is how do you stop Tyree Nichols from being shot and, or it's not shot, beat to death, right? And all the other cases, that's what they, that's what they're interested in. They're not interested. It's like you and me telling our parents, well, and I know both of your mamas, so y'all, and y'all know mine, trying to explain the reasons why you failed it's not, it just don't, it doesn't work, you know, because I I already know Mama Hillary, Michael Blake can't explain to her, well, then I was trying to sleep and then, you know, but then while I was sleeping, there was some loud music and then this happened and I tried to get the music off and then I couldn't get back to sleep and I drank the tea. I drank the wrong tea and this tea had the caffeine in it. So it kept me up later. Like, I get your story, I hear you, but the bottom line is, Tyree Nichols is still dead and he is not alone. The camera footage is the only thing that allows us to see what happened to him and understand it clearly. But there is Ray Ray and Pookie and TT and Keisha and others who are in hospital rooms right now that have been beaten the same way. And Vice President Harris will never be at their funeral, their bedside or any of that. And people are trying to understand it. So I'm putting that out there. And then we're going to talk about this piece. What I appreciated was that he used the word accountability. You said that, I think, earlier, Michael. He used the word accountability. I think that is a point that has to be drilled down on every time we hear from the president on this issue and even at times when they just bring it up. Accountability, because that's all we've been talking about. We haven't been talking about hating police. We haven't been talking about abolition, although some of us do believe that one day we could get to a space where we don't need policing as it currently stands and we do need true public safety that includes the people, right? We We We. but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about swift, strong accountability in these instances so he did say that but he said one thing that i am tired of hearing and i think this it is a and this is what i want you guys to lean in on this is a in my judgment it has almost become a trope for black folks to hear you say we need better training training to me sounds like what you're saying is this is the route that we're going to use to give more money to police How This is my question. I want both of y'all to answer this. How can you fund the police? And I said all of that stuff. I went through negotiation and all of that. So people will know that we're not ignorant. We understand. But how do you fund the police? The, The CBC, most of them voted to get more funding to police just a few months ago. They do not have the proper accountability measures in the new bills. So money is going with sometimes the same policies in place and then stand up and say, we've got to end the issue of policing, of of corrupt policing and abusive policing and the violation of civil rights. How do people reconcile that? I'm going to ask you, Blake, you go first. Tell me what you ex- what are you telling Miss Laura, who's asking this question in Alabama somewhere where her po- where her chief her police chief is literally engaged in like sexual misconduct and they know about it and nobody's doing anything.
2: So today, uh, with it being the day after State of the Union, uh, my my afternoon uh, was spent. I, I do a weekly conversation called Kairos Conversations and the speaker. Uh, was uh, Pam Walker, uh, the mother of Jalen Walker, mm. uh, who, uh, as we know, in Akron, Ohio, uh, you know, more than sixty shots right. out, more right. than forty, but forty-six, we actually hit him. Right uh, itself, right. So in that manner, um, the the and 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 I'm going to answer your question. But I want to give this quick context here, right? So you have that dynamic to the other families who were there yesterday um as as she sat in the box and the meetings that happened not just with the congressional black caucus but also with the department of justice because it's going also to your question tied to that is we also had derek albert who chairs the national organization of black county officials in which an element they've been leaning in on has been let's be clear if it wasn't for that poll camera in memphis that accountability doesn't happen as quickly because we know they would have lied to say, well, they reached for my gun in the tussle, right? But we then go a step deeper to a final piece around the element and the facade of training, to your point, because the Scorpion unit is just the next and latest iteration of what came out of Atlanta with the Red Dogs, Mm -hmm. which is another entity that if you look at the story of of Catherine Johnson, a 92-year-old woman that they busted in her door, because of that she shot back at them and then they planted drugs in the house afterwards right? so to the question of what has to happen there are several specific things number one we have to attack the pensions the insurance and the financial protections of the officers and these units because if someone knows that their money will be impacted they're going to act a lot differently very quickly Number two, the conversation around qualified immunity is not just a conversation around police officers, but the government employees. And too, too often folks are reluctant to really lean in on that. And I would just say to you, why should someone have the protection when they have done wrong? On the training, I care less about the, the scenario that keeps being communicated, which I think is the missed scenario of let's just train other officers. No, what I wanna know from training is what is being trained to the officers, written and oral, around how to cover up this nonsense because right. again when you watch these videos officers that are saying these comments that quickly of he reached etc cetera, etc cetera, that didn't just happen instinctively someone trained you to do that and i do think we have to look at that element so that to your question tamika you can then go to the department of justice and say number one for civil rights infractions if you want justice to occur it is very hard to prove intent So it should be lowered to recklessness and negligence. You know, number two, you should not continue to give funding to city and state entities and give them cops grants if they have hired, suspended or fired officers who had infractions of police brutality. That is something that is literally in control. That does not have to be changed by Congress. That can be something DOJ implements right now. And then equally and finally, as part of this, when we talk about the justice that has to happen every day on the block. It is the deeper recognition that we have to stop talking about reimagining policing, but reimagining public safety.
3: Public right? Safety.
2: Folks have to appreciate the context. I always think context is important. This all started as slave patrols. This is just a new name, and until people are willing to acknowledge that within communities, that police forces are having entities such as a scorpion unit or red dogs and getting billions of dollars that is then not coming back to our community, the final piece of this is a conversation that a lot of us are now having with mayors, the $2.1 billion that was just spent out in settlements. The amount of money that could be going to schools and housing and healthcare because you're not addressing on the front end is a way you could actually shift the conversation and say, you know what? Hold these cats accountable, fire them, remove their financial benefits, and therefore you'll have cities and police departments of police chiefs actually move in this man- manner. Tying this together before Reverend Green is I do think for Tyree Nichols' case specifically, while they moved swiftly, I am definitely still of the mindset and approach that there is a substantial cover-up that is happening from that police chief and mm-hmm. why they moved that fast. Because there is no way someone can rationalize to me how five people, five black folk, get fired that fast, when you knew there was a sixth person who made the call saying he should be stomped out, when you knew there were others that were there in in that manner, when you knew that the police statement that came out immediately actually had lies in it, and that you had a police officer go to Tyree Nichols' house and say to his mother, he is involved in an incident, you don't have to come, everything is fine. And so to me, the final element on this has to also be around the DAs. We have to have a mandatory element that if there is not an actual conviction that occurs in these cases, that the transcripts are released of the instructions. That is something we did in New York. Why? Because too often DAs are overcharging intentionally to try to avoid what's happening. And so all of these pieces are practical things that can happen on the ground. That we do not have to wait on Congress to move on, and that we can say that it's not just the president saying it; it has to be people on the block. Until that you have people that they only care about the survival of them winning an election rather the survival of your life, that's when things will finally change.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Reverend
5: Green, sure. I mean, I think that you know, just as as a preamble, that I, I wonder sometimes if Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman would laugh at us. And in our attempts to try to provide accountability to a slave patrol system, Mm -hmm. like to, to find accountability for those who were enslaving Africans in this country would be laughable to our ancestral tradition of love warriors and truth tellers. Who believed in the vision of emancipation, and I think that's also a part of the work that we're having to do is to provide the emancipatory vision. There would, and, and it is because it, it's not going to be overnight. It's not an easy thing to just do because you know America is, has had years and centuries of becoming who she is. But even the word of accountability being invoked in a State of the Union address, even the idea of a talk being discussed uh on the State of the Union address is because we had the imagination in 2013 and 2012 to start the conversation around Black Lives Matter, police reform, police accountability, defunding the police, uh, so that we even hear it conversations around the president saying last night, what are some of the prevention measures that we can do, community violence prevention, so that before people even engage in police, before we even, and maybe there are other numbers or other people or other institutions or other avenues that people can call, like calling mental health therapists or social workers. All right. that's because we started the conversation and pushed this nation to imagine what life is like beyond policing. And I think that's also an integral to what we are called to do, what we must do in order to truly uh, enact the emancipatory vision and the abolitionist future that our ancestors uh, led us to and that we have inherited, uh, particularly in this Black History Month as we think about the legacy in which we walk in, but also as it relates to accountability and and, and, uh, former Assemblyman Blake, who was a former DNC vice chair, so he knows the policy is articulated uh, so eloquently for us and so very true, like the justice and policing, uh, the policy legislation that can be enacted and things that can be done right now to hold people accountable. Like even to the point of expanding consent decrees, right? And to ensure that Uh, more cities are held under accountability of their policing. We see that happen in Louisville, Kentucky, but not only does it need to happen, uh, not only did it need to happen in Louisville, it needs to happen in Kansas City, it needs to happen in cities across this country where we go in, where the Department of Justice will go in and do a pattern and practice investigation to uncover some of these harms and to hold people accountable. And also to stop the transfer of these federal uh, militarized equipment and this militarized weaponry, that we use over it to expand our imperial nature that we then send to main street when we were marching in louisville kentucky we we're marching next to tanks right like we were in the middle of a war zone uh in afghanistan all because when they when they finish using the equipment or if they make too much of it they send it to local police departments all of these things create a culture in which we we are we are we are living in that does not seem to honor and and affirm the dignity of all human personality. And I think that is what is is so problematic when it comes to policing. And I think that is what we're going to continue to have to press is that as soon as you say, Um, um, we need accountability in the same breath. You're honoring Tyree Nichols is the same breath he's using to say, we need more training, which as you said, also means more money, more resources, continuing. Because you can train train whomever in the police department, but if you are stopping African-American history to be trained in schools, then you are creating a cycle where whatever you train, you're not going to close the gap in providing African-American history in your training. You're going to trigger, your training is about how do I shoot to kill? How do I maybe shoot and ask questions after, or maybe shoot or tase. So we we found out that the the training mechanisms, the body cameras, the tasers, none of that proves to ensure that Black people live. All Hmm. it does right now is to make sure that if you do die, we can hold somebody accountable or at least have a march in regards to your death. That is not necessarily justice. That is not necessarily an abolitionist future. And that is not the vision in which we are, are hoping to build in this country of the world we want to live in.
4: Yeah, you know, and I, I just sitting here thinking that we have to make sure we acknowledge our sister Kristen Clark, uh, who is the head of the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, because I know that you know, and 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 I'm also I also have to acknowledge uh, President Biden and Attorney General Garland for putting her in that position, understanding her history, where she comes from, and what she was going to the Department of Justice, to the Civil Rights Division to do. And it is to weed out bad actors, to uh, really do serious and deep review of police departments across this country and other entities. Because under the Department of Justice, we automatically, since this is our work and most people are most are uh, They are uh, uh, directly impacted by policing. That's their first encounter, if you will, with something that they connect to government. Right. Although it's all around us. It's in everything. It's in, you know, banking and what's happening with, you know, black folks. Or What do they say? Banking while black. That's one of attorney Crump's uh, titles that he's been using for these lawsuits against banks. Uh, it's in uh, situations happening with uh, Johnson and Johnson and talcum powder, and 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 how we, you know, over many many years, Black women were literally being poisoned by the powder, and now here we have a situation where so many women have died. And what does that look like in terms of accountability? So there's a lot of things, but policing is one thing that we immediately look at. And we know that Kristen Clark has been there trying to do a job that I'm sure is not easy. And yet under her, as you said, this department has done some incredible work. Ahmaud Arbery, we have to acknowledge, it, right? We have to acknowledge that the Michaels under this Department of Justice, and this is why I get so frustrated when people say to me, I can't believe you voted for Joe Biden. Well, if I'm looking at two choices in front of me, what I know is that during the time and maybe you all will tell me if I'm wrong. Under Donald Trump's presidency, was there one major case that there was a conviction like in the Maud Arbery situation? Does anybody know of one?
2: I, I, I couldn't immediately think of one. There might have been, but I can't immediately think of one.
4: I can't think of one. I'm he not cut saying, the department. He cut the department. He, he of, cut the department, and the, the department, department went in and 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 shut down the dissent decrees and other things that was was in place because of the 21st century. uh, What was it called? The task force that that President uh, Biden, I mean, President Obama put in place. And in fact, instead of the attorney general at that time focusing on continuing the work, he created the uh, the the black identity extremist list of those of us probably all three of us are on that list because we too black and we love black people too much, right? So so this is what they were doing. So what I'm I'm bringing this up because they are doing Kansas City, Kansas is on the list. You said it needs to happen in Kansas City in terms of the de- uh, dissent decrees. That is actually in progress. The Department of Justice is investigating what has happened there in Kansas City, Kansas around sexual assault. I, I have to keep saying this. Because this is the other piece. We're very concerned with the shoot em up, bang bang part of the gangs, ganging within police departments. But there are literally women and men. There was a story that came out a few months ago about officers pulling over black men and assaulting them by touching on their body parts in ways that are questionable ways, right? This is a real thing that that's also a problem that doesn't get addressed. And so the Department of Justice is looking at that. We have all of those things happening. And yet still, and yet still, we are not at a place where any of us can get comfortable. Voting is a part of it. I think the economic strategy that Michael is talking about is something that we have not explored properly and thoroughly. We've been unable because of labor unions, because some of our own people waver around. When anytime you start talking about taking people's money away, it becomes an issue. And qualified immunity is clearly a major non-starter, even for some of the Black leadership that we would expect to understand why it's necessary. So I'm, you know, giving my rant today that leads nowhere but goes everywhere, to say that we're in a time, in a space where we've got to be super strategic, but we also have to understand that our the next level is needed, right? Because all the things they're doing, accountability, Department of Justice um, out here, you know, uh, indicting Breonna Taylor, the officers for killing Breonna Taylor, all of these things are happening, and yet Tyree Nichols is still dead. So, there's a missing component. We have to go to the next level, and I agree with you, one hundred percent, Stephen. I don't know where in the speech the President should talk about accountability and policing and social issues. But I know that the prominence of this particular issue has to be at the forefront, right? And because if it is not, if it is not, what continues to happen is that people do not think that we're taking black death. Murder, lynching, seriously, to where we are willing to put political capital on the line and potentially lose if we have to, but lose fighting. As you know, what what do they say? I'd rather die on my feet. Than down on my knees, right? So I know you know the quote because Stephen is the historian that knows every quote better than me, but I'd rather be standing up straight. and I hope that that is what we see come out of this uh, administration for the next two years and you know the work that we have to do together. I want to say this last thing, and then I'm gonna let you all um, close out and go. And I have to say this because you know, I know people don't want to talk about a black woman who they they see Chief Davis. She quickly, quickly, you know, terminates these officers and the DA quickly charges them. But you said something, Blake, that we got to lean in on, right? Something else is going on here. Chief Davis started the Scorpion Union. That's something that has to be put out there as truth. So we're holding two things at the same time. This woman was she was not there when Katherine Johnson was killed in in, in, for the Red Dog unit. But she therefore came in and was and she had oversight over this unit that, again, we know about Katherine Johnson. But imagine what that unit did and the type of destruction that was caused over the time that it was in place. She didn't dismantle it. She actually moved to a new police department in Memphis and started one called the Scorpion Unit. So this is a very, this is, this is not about black and white, except when the victim is involved for the most part, it is not about us sitting there saying black girl magic. And Hey, this is about a system that has to be overhauled that can't even at this point, just be reformed. You guys give us your last point, Stephen. you can start. And then uh, Michael, yes, I didn't have a question. Cause you know, I get real whoop about this issue. <laughs> Go ahead.
5: Stephen. I want to thank you again, Tamika and Mice, for giving us this opportunity and the work that you all do daily, right, to pour out yourself right, to literally empty yourself. That is a part of kenosis that more, the emptying of ourselves for the work and for the common good is truly indicative of your love that you share for our people and the love that you are willing to, to, to sacrifice your own time and your commitments for. And so I wanna appreciate you for that. And also to recognize that in this moment, the, the, call, the state of the union is also like a call to action. It is, it is indicative of the fact that the president is signaling to his base, signaling to those who are listening, that I can't do this without you. Like I don't have the votes in the Senate or the House to be able to do police reform or police accountability, unless they end the filibuster, right? And the Democrats do it with 51 votes. Or, or, or because it, or 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 the lack thereof, would have to be a bipartisan piece of legislation that we already know right. where Representative uh, Senator Scott and Senator Lindsey Graham are starting that. And we already can only imagine what Marjorie Taylor Greene and Kevin McCarthy are starting within the House. So we already rec- realize that this may not be a dream. we see realize in the next two years' They're in this congressional session, but it's something that we can mobilize and organize and fight for so that in 2024, as we go back to the ballot, We got to fight like hell between now and 2024 to get it done. But even if we die trying, we will renew ourselves to our commitment to see this through. You know, is that people forget that the Montgomery bus boycott lasted over 381 days. It was not an overnight success that Rosa Parks sat down and Martin King had a dream. It took a whole lot of work, a whole lot of of tenacity and ferociousness and vitality of love warriors and truth tellers who were willing to do what it takes and even willing to die Mm. for the and freedom. So I want us to be reminded of that, that President Biden did his part, but now we have to take the torch and have our own state of the union. What is the state of Black America? And not just state of Black America and how many Black billionaires we have or how many Black businesses we can start, but what is the state of the Black psyche? Our minds have been traumatized by this nation by watching Tyree Nichols die to death. What does that mean for us? And so how do we begin to move beyond that horrific moment to begin to imagine again what society and what this democracy can look like? And so I thank you for giving us the space. And I look forward to building with you and, and working with you and doing all that we can together as, until freedom, uh, freedom Fighters to build the world and build this democracy that we hope to one day be able to uh, live in. Reverend
2: Green made it it clear throughout his his conversation, this conversation, about how do we imagine a better space? And I think to your question, Tamika, uh, that's what has to fuel us right now while we hold people accountable and demand changes in the immediate. The situation in Memphis uh, is not Memphis isolated. That's right. Where you have leadership that are in positions who should not be in these roles, where there is no clarity why they're there, even in the midst of where they came from. And again, we just gotta be real clear about it. Uh, she was fired from a previous post. Uh, and, and so like in a scenario of all that there. So w- when it comes to Tyree and Brianna and George and, and Eric uh, and Jalen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, what we have to focus in on right now, in my opinion, is what is happening around the financial accountability on the local level, because this country continues to remind us that until you hold people accountable financially and until you build up people financially, we are playing behind the game, right? And so in that spirit, uh, that's where I think our next two years and beyond has to be. You know, there is a reason that reparations is tied to finances. It's not just about hugs and handshakes, okay. right? Uh, it, it is about the shift in the dynamic of it all. When we talk about home ownership, you know, 40 acres and a mule, what, what are we talking about? How do you have land and property in that manner? In that same manner, I think this is existing for at least accountability. Bringing it back uh, wholesale uh, on where we're at. I, I still believe uh, as someone who has been preaching, who's been in politics, who has been an entrepreneur, there is no greater way to have impact at scale, in my opinion, than through policy. I've still asked folks, tell me one thing in your life that's not impacted by policy. And I still have not had someone be able to give me an answer to that question. And so when we're talking about what has to happen, this is a scenario where I think we got to make it real plain and say to people three words, find your why. And the why is going to drive the policy and the efforts and the marching and the initiatives on where we're going, because the camera's gonna leave. Mm -hmm. You know, the attention will leave, the press conferences will leave, but the policies can be institutionalized to stay. Mm -hmm. And that's why I believe that until freedom has to be at the cornerstone of all of this, because it is a reminder of the time that we have to pursue this. You cannot stop until.
4: Listen, I, I love both of you, our brothers. And as I said, on uh, on Street Politicians, you are, two are our friends um, that come on the show and bring us so much insight and just, you know, being able to ground ourselves, right, as a community, our street politicians, listeners, and all of us in the com- the complexities of what we're facing. I know we all want a quick fix we want we should it wouldn't have even been quick we're talking about almost 500 years you know that we've been experiencing this extreme trauma um and we want to fix for it but it didn't get here overnight and it's not going to be shifted just because some of us are so smart and read some books or had some experiences or you know you have you put two or three people in place it's actually going to take some real hard work and some sacrifice that we've seen in the past to get to where we stand today. And I think that, for me, is the cherry on the top, is all that Michael said, all that uh, Reverend Green has said, and then how do we get there and what are we willing to give up to make it happen? And that's the question that I think all of us have to ask ourselves is what how uncomfortable are we willing to be? Because everything you all have said in terms of reimagining, there are people who are reimagining um, and really daydreaming about a previous time that they would like to return this nation to. Uh, and in order for us to keep that from happening, our eyes have to stay really, really focused. Our pens have got to be writing. Our bank accounts have ha- has to show that we are sustaining our communities, supporting our own. Our churches need to be strong. We've got to educate ourselves, our kids, and, and other people's children and families who want to understand the history of this nation. There's a lot that has to be done on every level, and I tell everybody, and I'll end here. Not one of us, and not one role, is is can be uh, diminished or dismissed. Every single person that's on this highway towards justice is needed. If you're in the economic space, you're needed. If you're a pastor, you're needed. If you're an educated educator, you're needed. If you're babysitting children, you're needed. If you make chicken at night for the protesters, you are needed. And more for me, what will be my legacy, hopefully, is that I want the person who is dancing in a nightclub, or the guy who's trying to get off the corner to know that they are needed as well. There is a role for every single one of us in this movement. God bless y'all, my brothers. And I'll see you all again, because we've got to keep talking about this a lot more uh, as we continue during, during 2023. God right.
2: bless you. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. All
4: right.
3: Ask your doctor about iBrands and visit iBrands.com. tests, Diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. That's how
1: we own it. So today, for my, I don't get it. I know we've all seen the Grammys by now, and if you haven't, have
4: because I
1: have not. Well, if you haven't, that you should probably look at it. Um, I really. You know, I, I don't like the way this whole Jay-Z and Beyonce's relationship is portrayed. I just, it just bothers me. It just, you know, th- these are two extremely successful, probably two of the most famous people in this world, successful people in this world, and they're a couple, and they're a married couple, and they, and, and they love each other, you know, and and you you know that. You can see that there's, there, there's a respect, there's an admiration, there's a love, there's a union there and I, and the, and the media somehow tries to portray it in a way that really bothers me. You know there was this whole scene where you see jay z try to offer her something to drink, and you know she didn't want to drink um and they blew it out of proportion oh she's mad, there's an attitude, there's something going on and then but well, right prior to her winning the award that made her the winning is the the who the woman the person who had the most Grammy wins in history you know, she went to kiss Jay-Z, you know, after she, you know, acknowledged, she took a deep breath. She looked at him, they looking at each other. She goes to kiss him and the camera goes away from this. Now, it was very weird. I wouldn't have noticed it hadn't. Every other person who won and their significant other embraces, you showed, they show that. That's one of the major things that they show for every artist who wins the Grammy. They showed a significant other hugging the family member, especially if they have a wife, or a husband or whatever, they showed that. And it showed Adele, Adele had one, and they showed that. And it was, it was you know, it was, there's a, that's like a climax in winning the award. But mm-hmm. it, it seemed very intentional that as Beyonce went to hugging kids Jay-Z that the camera just went off. And then it came back as soon as she finished doing it. And I really just don't get what is this infatuation with trying to, you know, defame their relationship or try to show some level of you know
3: discord or discord. discord all the time yeah,
1: it just, yeah. It, it's me, intentional I, I, just don't like it. I don't like it's it.
4: intentional it's intentional it's also the media and the way in which you know it's like they can't find anything wrong with them so they got to find something wrong with them you know what I mean it's like they're gonna make they're gonna manufacture a problem or manufacture some type of emotions just because they're they don't they don't they don't know their business. And whatever little bit they do find out, it's usually somebody that's telling something they shouldn't be telling or an incident that's beyond their control. But for the most part, their environment is, is very controlled and they don't like it and it pisses them off. So therefore, they do certain things that I didn't know. I, I didn't watch the Grammys, I wasn't able to, but what I do, what I can say is that um, I did I did notice from social media that she, when she went to kiss him, the camera went away and I was mad because I was like, oh, I wanted to see, you know, the love and I wanted to see B kiss her husband and the whole thing. I didn't know anything about the other parts. I did not know anything about the, you know, issue with earlier in the in the night when he tried to offer her a drink and she didn't want the drink. And I also didn't know about Adele. But while I was getting my hair braided by my homegirl, Delasia, she started talking about it you know barbershop beauty parlor talk and that's where you get most of your your real like understanding of what's going on and what black people think and she was like yo i don't understand why i had to see adele and her husband in a beautiful moment but couldn't see b and J in that but yet i see all of this you know back and forth about her not wanting to drink she might not have she might have been mad who the fuck cares People have the right to to have issues and and not be feeling each other. So I think it's intentional. Like sometimes it just is what it is. Sometimes at that moment it is what it is. Sometimes don't be trying to give me a drink now when I just had to cuss you out five minutes ago because you wasn't helping me put my shoe on. Now you want to try to give me a drink. Get out my face. But then after a minute, I have the right to come to my senses because this is bigger than me and you got into an argument in the car while we was in traffic and we was late and you was pissed because you been told me to start getting dressed. This is like this is real. Like you've been told me to put my clothes on. I'm messing around, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You get an attitude about it. Now we arrive, we huffing and puffing, we hustling trying to get in here. Then okay, now I'm getting ready to get my award and you, my husband. What's the problem? Or I don't maybe, know. maybe there was nothing. You oh, it could have been nothing. You know what I'm
1: saying? I'm saying like, it's it's just too much. It's too much for me, you know, and and I, I I applaud them because, you know, they very rarely even feed in to the negativity. You know, you might hear Jay throw a line in a rap about it here or, G, or B in a song saying something, but for the most part, you know, you very rarely hear them talk about it. So continue to be great. B is the witness. Person Jay Z got the highest nominations. At, I mean, they they like they just great. That's a Grammy family, so they are why they, they win. keep winning.
4: That's it. That's it.
1: So that brings me to another end to the end of another episode of Street Politicians. We appreciate y'all for always supporting us. You know, let us know what topics you want to hear about, who you want us to have as guests. You know, we love y'all. Thank you for making us the number one podcast. <laughs> on. He's gonna that. continue to make y'all happy. Shout out to Essential Hustler, my boy yo He finally gave me a hoodie. Lord have mercy. I, you know, you've
4: been asking about that hoodie. Oh for Lord have
1: mercy. This is this is my friend from the BD since we was babies, and I, I'm the last one with the hoodie. But we ain't gonna we ain't gonna we ain't gonna put him on blast. But shout out to Essential Hustler, and you know, keep doing your thing. We love y'all. I'm not gonna always be right. TDM is not gonna always be wrong, but we are gonna both always. That I mean. Always be authentic.
4: Peace.
1: Salute.
4: Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio.
1: And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv.
0: ATT connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three hour philosophy show. Change the drive to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective.
3: Visit LiveNation.com slash to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club.
5: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.